Hi, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. The Milky's Softies nursing pads are three pairs of soft, absorbent, and reusable nursing pads to protect against leaks. And today's episode is also brought to you by Rumble Tough. The Rumble Tough Breeze is a top-of-the-line breast pump with a rechargeable battery that fits in the palm of your hand. We will hear more from our sponsors later, but you can always head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you ever need anything, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible. Um, scroll down while you're there and enter your email ad- address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And you can check out all the other things we have on the on there as well as our wall of fame of our patrons on Patreon. And we wish you would join us there and join um, them on the wall of fame. And enjoy all of the benefits of each tier, which you can check out in the link at the top of the show notes under this episode, wherever you're listening from. And our ongoing giveaway, it's happening. Send us your uh, screenshots of your reviews um, from anywhere on the internet. Send us your address and a screenshot to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll send you a goodie bag. And we're going to be in Cincinnati on June 11th and in Indianapolis on J- August 6th for Babies and Bumps. Uh, Babies and Bumps is this convention for pregnant and new parents um, just with lots of cool like birthing and breastfeeding and products that are fun and midwives and doulas and there's um, uh, little like demos and talks and there's a baby registry guide with um, Jamie Grayson, the baby guy, and it's going to be loads of fun. And we hope that you uh, will come. And that link is also in the show notes under this episode towards the top. And now Diane has our review of the week. Does I do. I love this podcast. You give such helpful advice. That is such common sense stuff that I don't know how more people don't know. Tell people these things. I listened to your episode about pumping and how you shouldn't put the pump up to full capacity. And that advice saved my nipples. I would always put it on full blast thinking it was more efficient. I pumped quite a bit in the beginning and then was able to not do it as much as my baby started to eat more efficiently. I've recently started pumping again so I can give milk to a friend and my nipples got the same horrible feeling that I had in the beginning of my breastfeeding journey. I listened to the episode and then started pumping on the lowest level and increasing the setting little by little until I felt it working. I was such more, it was such so much more comfortable. And I honestly believe the reason breastfeeding was so miserable the first few months was because I was using the pump wrong. Thank you for all the helpful information and insight. First of all, thank you so much for pumping milk for a friend. That's amazing. And I remember that episode that we talked about, like, don't put the pump up too high because it will hurt your nipples. It will. So I'm so glad. And this, I, one of the reasons why I chose this, well, because I like the review, obviously, but I like all our reviews, but today we're going to talk about like some of this normal newborn stuff that she's saying, like some of this stuff is just such common sense. I don't know how we're thinking about it, but when we have a baby, right? Like we don't have any common There's sense. There's no left in such our heads. thing as common sense when you have a baby. No, you're just no, survival mode. Absolutely. And we're not really thinking about stuff, right? Cause we don't know. Like, how are you expected to know? I see that all the time to parents. Cause a lot of times they're like, well, you know, I just, I'm not sure. Or I don't know. Or I feel like I should know this. Why? Why should you know this? You've never done yeah. this before. 
No, or my pediatrician said, which is yeah, wrong. No, no, it's just it's not. Your baby is your baby, and you're gonna figure them out as you're going along. You're not gonna know the minute they're born exactly what to do for every situation. It's no. just not gonna. Unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that. Just like any new new thing you're gonna do, it's gonna yeah. take you a little while to figure it out. So we're gonna talk about some of that newborn stuff, and this came from. I was talking to somebody on the phone the other, well, it was, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago now. And she was just like, okay, I just have a few questions. And she like rattled off these questions. And I was like, we should do an episode on this because like <laughs> there's a lot of the same questions that come up with a new baby. You know, whenever so you're talking to Diane or I, just know that we're not listening. We're just thinking about an episode. I know. We're like, wow. Oh. <laughs> We're like, oh, wait, we are listening, actually, because we would have to to know what the episode is. But like, it, that's always in our mind. Yeah. Like, oh, we should do an episode on this. Yeah. And then I was texting a new mother yesterday with a new mother yesterday whose baby was born like on Wednesday. So brand new, like milk, not even in yet new. Yeah. And she had a lot of the same questions. And it's like, it's just so common. Yeah. The things that we were, we all worry about the same thing. And it's just, you know, a lot of the common stuff we just mm-hmm. don't we don't understand babies we don't get them they're weird no. they're totally weird, weird little creatures yeah they're weird really little creatures freaky. we have no idea they're so they're s- freaky it's so freaky because you're already freaked out and you're already in this like fight or flight survival mode so you don't really have common sense you don't have like you know you can't think logically really about things and then they just do these crazy ass things that like if you've never really been around a baby which most people haven't because we hide right. them away um you're just like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. It was really freaky. What is this baby doing? I always tell people like, you're trying to learn a whole different language. You know, like you're just, it's so yeah. crazy. It's like this alien species. I know. <laughs> That's cute. So we like them. Right. But, you know. Yeah. Which you're like, like scared to death all the time. Something's going to happen to or something's wrong with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first one, this is one of the biggest I would get it at the peds office when I worked there and saw saw these babies, you know, on their first appointment yesterday with the message, you know, messaging that one new mom. Um, get this all the time. The baby won't be put down. The baby's quiet or the baby sleeps if they're on me or my partner. But I, baby won't be put down. That was a big one for me, too. Yeah. Totally normal. This is totally normal. And what I usually tell people is like, especially in those first few days, especially the first night home, first night home is the worst, the worst. It's very overstimulating and it's just really, really difficult. They're very over. These babies are overstimulated. You got them dressed. You put them in a car seat. You put them in the car. You brought them home. Maybe you have pets. Maybe there's family there waiting you know, to help you. Maybe you were, you know, whatever is going on. There's new lights. There's new sounds. It is crazy. And babies are yeah, like, and like, what yeah, the hell? Right. Not that long ago, they were just in this warm, soft, quiet place. Mm-hmm. And now they're in this like loud, bright, hard thing. And like, they, they, you know, yeah, like they come right out of you. Like, that's again what we call the fourth trimester is that they're just supposed to be on you. They're going to cling to what they know. This is, that's their environment. 
is you. Yeah, that's the only environment they know. Yeah. And they are going to cling to it. That's where they're comfortable. That's where they're safe. And babies are very primal, very primal. They don't know that they're safe unless they're with you. They are like, I'm going to be taken away by the saber tooth tiger if you leave me by myself. And they have no idea that they're totally in a safe place. They don't know that they're in a $1,200 bassinet in your right. house. <laughs> they don't know the doors lock. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, wait a minute. Where's where's my parent? Where's my person? And very, you know, just scary. It's scary for them. So they will cling to you. It's not easy for you at all. But this is normal behavior. This is absolutely normal behavior. Day by day, they get a little bit more secure, but that they get secure by you responding to their needs. Right. That's how they become secure. That's how they become trustworthy, trusted, trusting, I should say, um, by you responding to them and you holding them and carrying them and keeping them strapped to you when you can. That is how they become comfortable. Doesn't I mean it sounds like counterintuitive, but it's really not. The more you keep them close to you, the better off you're gonna be. Yeah. Well, that's the first one. Second one, I get this question just as much. My baby's gassy. Why is my baby so gassy? Oh my god. <laughs> I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a focus of every day. It's like, oh my god, they're gassy. We have to get some gripe water and do bicycle wheels. And oh my god, how do we get the gas out? Yeah. Everybody thinks there's something wrong with their baby because they're gassy or that they're doing something wrong or that they're eating something. Oh, yeah. It's the eating. The baby is not gassy because of something you're eating. I promise you. And the reason because the reason behind that is because your milk supply doesn't work like that. Your milk supply is from your bloodstream. Foods that make you gassy is the fiber in the food. Fiber does not get into the bloodstream. Fiber gets eliminated through you, right? Through your own gas. That's how fiber leaves the body. It does not get, fiber does not get into the bloodstream. Therefore, it's pretty much impossible for your baby to become gassy. And this is like evidence-based scientific. I'm not just making it up, I promise. Baby does not get gassy from the broccoli that you had for dinner. (laughs) Your baby, it's not happening. That's not what's doing it. Nope. The majority of, and I remember I read this in in a, a scientific research article, I would have to find it if anybody's interested. I probably, yeah, I should look. That said, one of the biggest reasons for gas in a newborn is crying. The air they take in from crying. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then you got a baby that's gassy, so then they're going to cry some more. So it becomes this whole thing. But that is, that's the majority of the places where they're getting it from. If you're supplementing your baby with either breast milk or formula and they're getting a bottle, it could be from the bottle. If you're supplementing your baby with formula, it could be the formula. But gas is really, really normal for a newborn baby because their, their digestive system is brand new. Everything, they, they're working out the kinks in everything. Everything. Also, yeah, also their muscles. They don't have the muscles yet to push the gas out. So it just and that's there and it's normal. Yeah. And that's another thing that I hear a lot is, oh, the baby's really straining to poop. They're constipated. They're not. They just can't push it out. Yeah. They don't know how. Right. And then they poop and it's all this soft stuff. And it's like, how? why was that so hard to get out? Because they don't know how to push it out and they don't have the muscles. 
to push it out. So yes, it's very hard for them to do it. And the gas is very distressing. Plus it feels weird and they're so oversensory and like, there's just a lot happening there for them. Once they figure out how to pass the gas or how to get the gas out, then it's not as much of a problem. But when they're newborn, they have no idea. They have no idea. They're gassy and they can't help it. But it's normal. Yeah. And you don't need to go and get any crazy products to deal with that. No, you don't. You know, do some push their knees into their belly, do some bicycle things with their legs, rub their belly. It'll come out of it. Lay them on their belly. Do tummy time with them. Lay Mm. them on their belly. A lot of that pressure on their belly will help a little bit too. Um, It just, it's just part of a thing. Hiccups are another one that happen all Uh, the time that people worry about, but they also have an immature diaphragm. So they're all these little systems are immature on a baby. As things start to strengthen and mature, then you're not going to see it as much. They're like, oh yeah, the baby's not as gassy as they were. I don't hear, nobody asked me about gas for a, for a three-month-old, ever. It's always mm. a newborn question. Mm-hmm. I don't hear that as they get older. Same with hiccups. You don't hear about it as a, as a baby gets older. Just yeah. not something that anybody worries about anymore because it's not happening. Your baby figures out how to get it out and they figure out how to deal with it remember, and it becomes easier. I, do you remember when I told you about that product? I'm going to tell you again because it's hilarious. About this little straw that you put in your baby's butthole and it like pulls or like the gas comes out through it and it whistles. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. You don't need that. Actually, it's not helpful for the baby to have that anyway, because then they can't, then they're not learning how to push it out. Just right. like let it, you gotta just, you know, you can help them a little bit, but you don't need to go buy things to put in their butthole. And those are expensive, I heard too. Oh yeah, I don't know. I know I don't. I, I heard they're really expensive. The convention. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. <laughs> Whistles. Yeah, you got a band. You got a whole band happening. <laughs> Freaking whistly ass. And everything else. That's the name of the band. The whistly ass. Yeah. <laughs> we get a whole bunch of babies in a row and put the thing in there. And see. <laughs> oh my god! All the different whistles. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that's so funny. Okay, next one is... <laughs> I still think of the whistly asses. It's so funny. <laughs> all right, all right, I'm going to be serious now. Next one is, do I feed on both breasts? This question comes up a lot. Oh, yeah. Should I feed on both breasts? If your baby is newborn, which this is what we're talking about, we're talking about newborns, I absolutely would suggest to offer both. And the reason is because babies are sleepy and if you feed just on one side and then they fall asleep, it could be that they just fell asleep, not necessarily that they're full. So moving them can really help to like wake them up and keep them going. I mean, I have had babies that didn't gain well because they weren't feeding on both sides in the beginning. They were just falling asleep and parents were like, oh, okay, they must be done. Not offering both. And come to find out, they should have had both. So not every baby feeds on both breasts all the time, but offer, at least offer. If your baby is not interested, they're just not going to go on. They're just not. They're not going to eat. So always offer. Um, If they want it, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Just start on that side the next feeding. And that's all you need to do with it. But always offer. 
Mm-hmm. When do I start pumping? That's another question that comes up all the time. When do I start pumping? If your baby is feeding fine, you don't need to start pumping for a couple of weeks. If you need to at all. A lot of times I'll ask like, well, what's the situation? Like, is there a reason for it? Um, Are you going back to work? Like, when are you going back to work? But some people, especially now that we're into here in the States, we're into summer. A lot of people are like, well, I have a wedding and I got to, you know, be in this wedding or I got to go to this wedding or we're taking a trip or we're doing this or, you know, whatever. Um, If you can wait a couple of weeks, that's best. We want to make sure the baby is breastfeeding well. We want to make sure we don't cause an oversupply. It is really, and it's just one more thing to do. It might sound like fun to have somebody else give a bottle, but it's just one more thing. It's more work, really, is all it is. That is a lot of work. We also, I know that there's a lot of people who, who just believe that in order to have enough milk for your baby that you need to be pumping. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. No, I mean, we're glad we have the pumps for situations like going back to work. And, you know, if you do want to share the load and have somebody else feed and, you know, whatever, you're going out or something's happening, but it's not, you don't need it to, to maintain a milk supply. You need the baby to maintain a milk supply. That's what you need to maintain your milk supply is a baby feeding. But there's no need to rush into it. If your baby is feeding well, wait a couple of weeks if you possibly can. Should we take a break? Yes. And then we'll go on with my list. I have a whole list. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Fairhaven Health. Leaking can be a constant struggle that some parents deal with, especially in those early months. Leaking through your shirt is not another hassle you want to be dealing with. And those disposable nursing pads add up in cost and garbage. The Milky Softies nursing pads are designed to keep you dry and comfortable. These pads are three layers. A natural fiber fiber layer against your skin that wicks moisture away and is soft enough to wear even with sore nipples. Then an inner ultra absorbent layer and finally a microbe leak resistant layer on the outside. The Milky Softies nursing pads are contoured to your body so that it doesn't feel or look bulky in your bra. The box comes with three pairs of these reusable and machine washable nursing pads. Check out Milky's Softies nursing pads at fairhavenhealth.com. That's F-A-I-R-H-A-V-E-N health.com and use code BADASS for 15% off your purchase. And today's episode is also brought to you by Rumble Tough. The Rumble Tough Breeze is a top-of-the-line breast pump with a rechargeable battery that fits in the palm of your hand. The powerful motor lasts 2,000-plus hours and has a two-year warranty. The memory button allows you to record your most effective pumping session and recall it every time you wish. Combine the Breeze with the Rumble Tough Go Cups and you're pumping hands-free and on the go. Every Rumble Tough pump user qualifies for free pumping support with an IBCLC. Because they care, each pump comes with a manual handle kit to convert your electric pump into a manual pump at no extra cost. You should not have to figure it out alone. Let experts help you get the support you deserve. Additionally, every pump box includes a flange fit ruler, so you can determine which of the 15 flanges they offer will fit you best. Nipple size matters. Check out their entire line at rumbletuff.com. That's R-U-M-B-L-E-T-U-F-F.com. 
and use code BADASS for 20% off of your purchase. And today's uh, sponsors and the promo codes can be found in the show notes under this episode, wherever you are listening from. Um, but they can also be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com on our sponsor page um, that you can visit if you need anything. And you will also find all of our other episodes and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. Okay, next one. How long do I feed for? This is going to be different with every baby. And this is going to be different with every feeding sometimes too. Babies feed for as long as they want to feed for. Like, it's not really up to us to say, oh, it's been 10 minutes. You should be done now. But in the beginning, I will give you a little bit to go by here. In the very beginning, those feeds will be longer. My experience has been that in the first, you know, first couple days of your baby's life, those feeds might be 30 to 45 minutes long. And that's because they are, first of all, they're sleepy. Second of all, they're figuring out what they need to do. This is a lot of coordination for a little baby. Suck, swallow, and breathe is a lot of coordination on a little baby who didn't have to do it for the first nine months in the womb. So they're figuring out what they have to do. Plus, they've got all these brand new muscles that they're trying to work. Like, there's a lot happening here. So those feeds in the beginning, it's like your baby's going to like take a couple sucks and swallows and then pause and then maybe start again. Like, they're just, you know, they're kind of poking along. As they start to get a little bit, you know, figuring out what they need to do, they start to become a little bit more efficient. As they start to become more efficient, their feeds should not be long. A long feed, like really feeding, suck, swallow, suck, swallow, that should not last longer than like 20, 30 minutes. That's too long of a feeding. If a baby is seriously feeding for that long, then that is an indication that maybe they're not transferring milk as quickly as they need to. But as your baby starts to become more efficient, those feeds are going to get shorter. So you might find that your baby is only taking you know, 10, 15 minutes to eat overall after the first, you know, three or four weeks of life. Mm. But then you're going to have those those days where your baby might only feed for five minutes, one feeding, and then take a nap and then eat for 20 minutes when they wake up, right? Like it's not the yeah. same all the time. Just like how we're not, we don't eat the same. It doesn't take us as long to, you know, some meals might be shorter than other meals might be. That's really normal for your baby too. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're not taking enough. Sometimes people, I had somebody recently be like, the baby's feeding for like five minutes and then falling asleep. How do I make that stop? I don't know what to tell you. Like this is a newborn who's taking what they want and then falling asleep and then wanting to eat an hour later. That's pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. They're not, yeah, likely they're really not always no going to do that, but yeah, there's just really no way to kind of change what the newborn is doing. You have to yeah. just understand what's normal and follow it. And just, yeah, understanding like, okay, maybe only fed for a couple of minutes. That's normal. And I try to tell people like, then the, you know, the next feed might be a little bit longer. Like that's okay. But we worry constantly about, is the baby getting enough to eat? Is the baby getting enough to eat? Oh Yeah. And if you're following their their cues and you're feeding on demand, they're going to get enough to eat. 
And that's one of the next ones. Like, how do I know my baby is getting enough milk? We feed on demand. And if you're feeding your baby when they, when they are asking for it, regardless of how frequently that is, because we know, you know, they do have their times where they cluster feed. That's really normal. That's a very normal newborn behavior is the cluster feeding. And we do have an episode on that. And as much as it like worries us because we go, oh my God, my baby's feeding like every half an hour. What is going on? That is normal. All babies will cluster feed at some point during the day. But we watch their diapers, right? Like that's one of the biggest things that we look at. We look at how many wet and dirty diapers our baby is having. Mm. If your baby is pooping and peeing, they're getting enough to eat. If they've got at least six to eight wet diapers a day and at least like two or three good poops a day, they're getting enough to eat. So, I mean, that's really, it seems simple, but if it's, if they're doing that, then they're getting enough. Their weight's going up. They're getting bigger. They're getting longer. You know, sometimes I have parents say, well, I, you know, I just had them in this outfit last week and now they barely fit it. Um, I know the baby's getting longer. I know the baby's, the baby looks bigger to me. The baby feels heavier. And you can, if you're ever worried about weight, you can always go in for a weight check too. But watching what's going on with your baby. And that's how you become so in tune with your baby. You're nursing them all the time. This is how you learn your baby. Nursing on demand, feeding them when they want to be fed, watching their cues and, you know, knowing what they're doing, knowing how many wet and dirty diapers that they have. That doesn't mean you have to like have it on an app and be like so in tune with it, but you know, when you're changing a lot of diapers, sometimes I'll ask people like, how many, how many wet and dirty diapers? Oh my God. So many. Every time I feed the baby, they've got a dirty diaper. Okay. We know that that's at least eight to 12 times a day. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Um, spit up. Did you have spitters? Not really. No, no. But I can see that being like really distressing. Yeah, I, and I, I do know that's few times that it did happen. You're like just ex- like poking through it and examining it. <laughs> I used to do that with poop too. Oh my You're god! Like, oh, is this normal? Is it supposed to look like this? Yeah. The spitting up, my first two, Nathan and Jess, I don't think we're spitters. Brandon was a spitter. Brandon spit up all the time. Like to the point where it was like, I mean, like I, I never really worried about like, oh, is it something I'm eating? Like how people will ask me like, is baby spitting up? Is this something I'm doing? What's happening? Why is baby spitting up? What do I need to do about it? How do I stop it? Um. I don't know. It just happened and it was just a mess. And I remember thinking like, when is this kid going to stop spitting up? Yeah. <laughs> because he would like, he was like crawling and leaving puddles on the floor. Oh, like God. that's how, he, like he spit up a lot. I would burp him and he'd spit up all down my back. Like it was oh. just, you know, just, he was just a spitter, but um, never bothered him. And that's really where kind of the, where the line is drawn, you know, and you'll even hear pediatricians say that, like, is the baby happy? Like, is he fine? Are they, yeah. are they, you know, just kind of spitting it up and just kind of spitting up and not distressed at all? Like sometimes you don't even know what happens. Like you go and get them out of their car seat and it's like, oh, they spit up. Like you don't even know sometimes that it's going on. Is that what's happening? Or is your baby screaming and crying before the spitting up and then they spit up and then they're fine? 
Like there's a difference there. So the difference is that if your baby is just spitting up and they're pretty happy, otherwise that's fine. Like there's nothing you can really do about that. They might be getting too much milk. It might be a positional thing. Babies have their, the muscle between the stomach and the esophagus is weak and they're on a liquid diet. So (laughs) basically you lay them down and it comes up. So that's why we say leave them upright for a couple minutes after they feed. If, if you have a baby that spits up a lot, um, Sometimes like when I have brand new parents and they say, well, the baby's spitting up. Say, when do you see it? Do you see it like right after feeding? Do you see it when you're changing a diaper? Like, when do you see it? Oh yeah. When like, you know, and changing a diaper or whatever. Okay. That's when they're laying down. That's pretty normal. Cause it's just going to come up. Like you just, you know, but if it's causing them pain, then that's a reflux thing. Right. And the pain is the acid coming up with with the milk so that is where your baby's uncomfortable and that is something that you know you're you might want to like address a little bit further um but if your baby's uncomfortable if they're just spitting up it's really just a laundry issue if they're happy it's just like okay and usually those babies are like gaining lots of weight but they're getting lots of milk maybe if there's an oversupply you're going to get a baby that spits up more um, it's if, you know, maybe take them off, burp them a little bit more, try to burp them a little bit more frequently, especially if you're hearing lots of gulping with the feeding, that means they're taking in some air along with it too. So maybe take them off, burp them a little bit more frequently during the feed, um, or at least try not all babies burp, but usually the spitters do. And, um, keep them upright for a few minutes after they eat, maybe put them in a carrier it's pain at night because everybody just wants to lay down and go back to sleep. But if your baby spits up, then maybe you want to keep them upright, rock them for a few minutes, keep them upright for a couple of minutes. But it's not, it's okay. It's normal. And it stops after a while. But it it can be, like Abby said, it can be kind of distressing. You know, just like constantly have a baby that's been a, you know, I had a mom the other day that was like, I've pretty much just resounded to the fact that I'm going to have milk on me at some point or another. Yeah. 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 I mean, it just happens. So, but there's, you know, like I said, watch for your baby being super uncomfortable with it. And if that's the case, then definitely, you know, talk to your pediatrician about it. See what else you can do if the baby seems to be in pain. Um, Some people will opt for reflux meds. Some people will opt for, you know, just not doing reflux meds, just kind of like waiting it out. Um, reflux meds do not typically stop the spitting up. They stop the acid. That's mm. what they do. That's what they're meant mm. to do. But they're not going to stop your baby from spitting up. So you might still have the spitting up. So some people but just they won't keep be those on their pain. kid. They won't be in pain. Yeah, they just won't be in pain. Um, some people just keep their kids in bibs all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like they just spit up all the time. So yeah, so it's kind of normal. It's just one of those things it's just like ugh, you know but it's it's kind of normal and if your baby's happy it's nothing to worry about i promise like it's really nothing to worry about should i wake my baby for feeds Mm. such a big question such a big question because you get people that say never wake a sleeping baby 
And then you have people that say, wake your baby up for feedings. So what's the truth? <laughs> what do we do? What happens? Um, I'll tell you what I tell people. I break it down because it's not a blanket. Well, the blanket statements don't work, right? Because right, people are like, exactly. oh, never wake a sleeping baby. But then you've got a baby that's like sleepy and sleeping all night yeah. or sleeping six, eight hours overnight because they're brand newborn and nobody's waking them up to feed. That's a problem. So don't do that. But no, nobody says, oh, well, at night do this and during the day do this. So this is what we're going to do. We want babies to feed on demand, which means feed them when they look like they want to be fed, when they're queuing to be fed, when they you know seem to want to be fed. But during the day, don't let them get past like two to three hours. Don't let them go, especially past three during the daytime. Really don't. Um, and that might be, you know, your baby might like take a longer nap. And this is like when they're a super newborn too. They might want to sleep for, newborns will sleep for a four hour stretch. They will. They'll sleep. They'll give you yeah. a four hour stretch of sleep. One four hour stretch of sleep in 24 hours is pretty common for a newborn. If you let them do it during the day, then they're probably going to be up more frequently at night. Mm. So wake them during the daytime to feed. Don't let them take these huge long naps all day long. And some people will do that. They'll let their baby just nap three hours, another oh, three hours, so another three nice. hours. Right? It's I know. really hard to wake the baby up once they're finally sleeping. I know. But then everybody goes, and why is my baby up every two hours overnight? Yeah. Well, because they need to eat. They need to eat. They and need they're going to the, get it in. Yeah. They're going to get it in at some point. So if you want to try to keep a, you know, keep a handle on it a little bit, I would wake them during the daytime and make sure they're feeding pretty frequently during the daytime. They're going to cluster feed in the evening. A lot of, well, not every baby cluster feeds in the evening, but a lot of them do. Let them do that because then they're going to probably going to sleep a little bit better for you. They might give you that three to four hour stretch overnight. A lot of babies will do if you're feeding them pretty frequently during the day, every two hours or so during the day. I do notice like, cause people will say like babies, breastfed babies feed like every one and a half to three hours, but I typically see them land right around that two hour mark. That's pretty normal. And if it feels like it's all the time, yeah, it does. But that's pretty normal for, for a newborn baby. And then they might do one three to four hour stretch for you overnight. And then they'll be up, they might be up every two hours again. That's pretty normal too, that you're going to have a baby that's up every, you know, two to three hours during the nighttime. They're mm -hmm. not going to, they're not meant to give you long stretches of sleep at all. This is normal and it's safe for them to wake frequently to eat. So just kind of resound yourself to that, that that's, that's what they're doing and that's what's normal. So bottom line is feed on demand, but make sure that that feeding on demand is at least every two, two and a half hours. Um, hands to mouth. So I see this a lot too. I have this a lot where people are like, well, my baby always has their hands at their mouth. Does that mean they're hungry all the time? Mm. Not necessarily. Babies like their hands at their face, you know, and you might have ultrasound pictures of your baby with their hands up at their mouth. Um, and they might just really be comfortable with having their hands up at their mouth. And that is really normal for them. So it might be that that might not be a feeding cue for you. It might be that your baby just has their hands at their mouth and they just want to suck on their fingers or, you know, whatever. 
So watch for other feeding cues. Watch for, you know, watch for them to be kind of like licking their lips or kind of, you know, starting to wake up and starting to rustle a little bit when they're waking up. Maybe their eyelids are starting to move a little bit, you know, that they're starting to kind of like watch them when they're sleeping. If you hear them starting to kind of like during the daytime, kind of rustle around a little bit, that's usually the perfect time to get them in and start their feeding. Waiting until they're crying. Crying is the last feeding cue. So waiting until they're crying is not the best time because then you got to calm them down and, you know, kind of go, go through all of that process. But if you just fed them and they're pretty content, but their hands are at their mouth, that doesn't mean that they're hungry. If you're waking them up from a nap or they're just waking up from a nap, you know it's been two, two and a half hours since they've fed. Having their hands at their mouth is probably going to be a feeding cue. So just kind of keep in mind what what your baby does. Watch them. This is comes with learning them too. You're going to learn their cues a little bit better. And every baby does something different. Not every baby has the same feeding cues. So, okay, my last one here is how do I unlatch the baby? Mm. Hmm. Because sometimes people will just pull the baby off. Oh, ouch. Yeah, that hurts. Don't do that. So the best way to unlatch a baby is to stick your finger into the corner of their mouth between your breast and the corner of their mouth and break the seal. And that will help you get them off the breast. And there shouldn't be too many times where you actually have to do that. But if the latch doesn't feel right or it's painful, definitely break the seal, take them off and start again. Don't just feed them if it hurts because you want to feed them. Mm -hmm. Take them off, start again, reposition, you know, whatever it is that you need to do and, you know, get them started again. But definitely don't just pull them off the breast. Make sure you're breaking the seal. And sometimes you really have to like, sometimes they'll really hold on too. And you have to kind of, you know, get in there and make sure that you're breaking the seal and then take them off. But don't hurt yourself further by just pulling the baby off the breast because they'll hold on and then they're like taking your nipple with you. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, that suction is strong. It is. It can be. And especially like maybe they fell asleep and you want to take them off. They'll hold on. So, you know, make sure that you're really breaking that seal, getting in there and breaking the seal to get them off. And one other last one, what positions can I use? Hmm. I only know how to do football. What can I, what else can I do? So we've got, you know, we've definitely got some um, YouTube videos and stuff like that where we talk about different positions. Um, We have a YouTube channel. I don't know if anybody knew that. We don't put a lot of stuff on it, but there are some videos on there. We do have videos on there. Yeah, Yeah, there are some videos on there of us like showing positioning and stuff like that doing different things, but you can do whatever you feel comfortable doing. And I, I definitely encourage you because sometimes people are like, well, they only showed me how to do cross cradle in the hospital. What else is there? There's, you know, football hold, there's biological nurturing where you're or laid back positioning where you're laying backwards, not laying backwards, where you're just laying back kind of <laughs> reclined with the baby across the front of you. Um, side lying is great where you're laying on your side and you've got the baby on their side. Um, football holds where they're in this, like on the side of your body, 
Um, for football hold, make sure the baby is laying on their side. Do not put the baby on their back. Put the baby on their side with their belly up against your rib cage. Babies should always be positioned where they're like nose to nipple, where they can open a little bit wider. And that's mm. much more comfortable, especially in a sideline position, because sometimes people put the baby up too high, like almost in their armpit. And then oh, yeah. babies don't latch well like that because yeah. they're up too high. So move them down to where they actually have to kind of look up at the breast. Mm-hmm. But we do have, I'll have to, maybe I'll link our YouTube video. Where we're talking about positioning um, because there's all sorts of different positions. And if it hurts in one position, switch them and put them in a different position. That is, you know, that is really important. Yeah. Or we if it seems uncomfortable for them. Yeah. Because sometimes things are uncomfortable for them, depending on like if they, you know, just like one side isn't as comfortable because baby have babies have all kinds of things going on in their bodies too, especially like based on like how they were, how their birth went, you know, they could be all like, mm-hmm. you know, still Absolutely. jacked up in certain places. If it hurts on one breast, but not the other, then that's definitely a symmetry and your baby's not comfortable in one side over the other. Mm-hmm. So you definitely mm-hmm. want to switch that position up because they're not going to nurse well if it hurts. If it's hurting you, they're not nursing well. So we want to definitely move them so that it's more comfortable. But that's kind cool. of my biggest newborn questions that I get. That's amazing. Yeah. I had them all. That's all. You had them all. I always think yeah. when stuff like this comes up, I always think about that time where you said, I Googled, why does my baby hate me? And I was yeah. like, yeah. it makes me laugh. <laughs> because we all feel like that, right? When we got a fussy baby, yeah. we're not sure what the heck we're doing with them. It's like, why does my baby hate me? Yeah. Why aren't they just sleeping right. or eating or doing what they're supposed to be doing. I don't understand. Why can't my baby just be put down? Why can't I put him down? Yep. Totally normal. Normal yeah. baby stuff. It yeah. does seem like they're filled with hate sometimes. <laughs> but they're not. That's adults. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen until later on. So Yeah. yeah. But that's it. Well, thanks for thanks. listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.